Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everybody week two of the nfl is in the books we're going to talk about that i'm going to talk about the running back position a little bit today i'm going to follow up on a podcast that i had last week we're going to have our crowd ultra q a and as always grant's rant hey before i start today's show uh it means a lot to me and i read all of the reviews trust me uh especially via apple podcast and if you have a moment if you could review the podcast, if you could give it five stars, uh, that would mean a lot to me. Again, if you leave a comment, I do read all of the comments. Uh, I do respond to the comments on YouTube. You can check out my YouTube channel. I come at you Monday through Friday over there. And I, for those of you that have joined me on Listen App weekdays at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, I appreciate it. We continue to do that. If you have not checked it out, it's easy to download, or you can go to listenapp.co. And basically, it's like a live radio show where you can call in. It's easy to do. And I've been doing it now for a little over two weeks, and I've really enjoyed it. So just wanted to get a little homework out of the way before we get into today's podcast brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. They are awesome. Again, I want to thank those of you that have reached out to me uh, saying that they used New Works Plumbing for the first time, and they were awesome. I love to hear that. They are available to you around the clock 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs and plumbing repairs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. I was having this conversation over the weekend uh, with somebody that was about 20 years younger than me. And so that individual was not up to speed as much on the great running backs like Jim Brown, for instance, and Gail Sayers and, you know, Calvin Hill and Franco Harris and, you know, Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka. So when I mentioned a lot of those names, there wasn't a lot of dialogue. He wanted to go right into the 90s and the turn of the, the century. And I was thinking about this because I have another good buddy, who is a more crazy, fanatical uh, Giants fan than I am. He also does uh, a lot of work with some of the top network announcers. And we got, we've been talking about this for the last couple of years because he was really he, – he did not understand why the Giants took uh, Saquon Barkley. And he said, you know, I would never take a running back at that stage 
in the draft, especially if you're a bad team. Because, you know, the running back position has become devalued now, has it not? I mean, when you think about running backs in the National Football League now, the Cowboys spent a high draft pick on Ezekiel Elliott, right? Now, what has Elliott done? What do we hear when we watch Cowboys games? What's happened to Zeke? How come they don't use Zeke more? Zeke this, Zeke that, right? I mean, what what have the Cowboys been able to accomplish with Zeke Elliott as their running back, right? I mean, seriously, what have they done? Have they had a lot of success in the postseason behind that great offensive line, which is no longer great anymore? I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you were going to build a football team right now, how would you build it? I miss that era of football. And then in the 70s, you know, you had O.J. Simpson who ran for over 2,000 yards in a season. And by the way, that was in 14 games, not 16, 14 games. And I look at in the 80s, right? Think about Tony Dorsett, that great run on Monday Night Football where he went coast to coast. You, you, do, do you miss that? I miss that part of football. I really do. You look at now in 2021. If you're going to play the Tennessee Titans, what do you say? First thing we got to do is we've got to stop Derrick Henry. Did you see Henry against Seattle on Sunday? The Titans bouncing back from a miserable week one performance where, oh, yeah, by the way, Arizona completely shut down Henry, but Seattle didn't. And here's something else I know about Tennessee. I have a feeling when January comes along, they're going to be one of the playoff teams because they seem to be every single year. Now, the question is, can you win a Super Bowl playing that style of football? I mean, we have the same conversation, do we not, when it comes to the NBA? We talk about the three-point shot. So let's just say, hypothetically, that Shaquille O'Neal were coming out of LSU and you had the number one pick in the draft, right? And let's just say that Shaq was still more of a low-post, back-to-the-basket type of a player. I know the argument would be, well, gee, Grant, you know, he wouldn't have grown up playing that way with the way the game is played now. Maybe you might be right, but let's just, for example, say that he was playing that way because he was such a dominant low post player. Would you not take him number one? Would you not run your offense through Shaq? I mean, why would you go away from that? Why is that part of the NBA not played anymore? for all intents and purposes. It's because of analytics. It's because of the three-point shot. Because you make threes, you don't have to make them as much. If you make a certain percentage, that's as good or better than making a two-point basket. I go back to the running back position. Let's say you have a top five pick in the NFL draft. And by far, the best player in college football on a particular year, is a running back. Are you going running back? Assuming you don't need a quarterback, by the way. Are you going to go running back? Are you going to go offensive lineman, edge rusher, or cornerback? The way the game is played now, there's no way in the world I'm taking a running back. Look at all of the teams that have been decimated early in the year with running back injuries. Look at Baltimore. They beat Kansas City the other night. They've had to take running backs off the street and find uniforms for them. Look at the 49ers. Look at all of their injuries at the running back position. So if you have a good offensive line, I think you don't need a top flight running back. Why why draft a running back that high in the National Football League? Man, it makes no sense to me. 
no sense to me. I mean, again, I look at the Giants. They're terrible. What's Saquon Barkley done for them? Now, I know he was hurt last year with the ACL, but the reality is the Giants aren't going to the playoffs because they have Saquon Barkley. They're, going, they're not going to the playoffs because they have a bad offensive line and they don't know what a quarterback sack is. That's why they would not go to the playoffs. Okay? So I, I, I'm asking this question, and I'm kind of giving you different viewpoints. I grew up watching great running backs. I watched Jim Brown play at Yankee Stadium, and I, I remember that vividly. I remember, you know, the, the, the tremendous running backs that I used to see week in, week out, in the National Football League, and that running the football was paramount. And what do we always hear now in the NFL to be successful? You got to run the football, and you have to stop the run. Do you? Why do you have to run the football? You have to run the football a little bit, but do you really have to run the football anymore the way the game is played in the NFL? I mean, yes, a a nice balance is good. Play action is more effective. I get all of that, but I just, the way the game is played now, so anyway, this, this, individual who was 40 so he's you know more than 20 years younger than me he didn't even understand that era of football didn't really grasp it didn't understand it we we got into a philosophical discussion about the way the game was played so it comes down to this do you like the way the national football league is played now do you like the rules that are so against the defense that it opens up the offense, that you see three and 400-yard passing games, that you see receivers with 9, 10, 11, 12 grabs, that if you are a quarterback and you don't throw for 300 yards anymore, it's almost like you had a bad game. Do you like the way the game is played now? Look at all the teams that move up in the draft every year to get that quarterback. Look at what the Chicago Bears did. Look at what they gave away to get Justin Fields. Look at what they gave away a couple of years ago to move up one spot from three to two with San Francisco so they could take Mitchell Trubisky, who, oh yeah, by the way, doesn't play for the Bears anymore. Look at the teams that maneuver to move up to get a quarterback. And if you look at teams like the Chargers, who didn't have to move up to one, two, three, or four, they got their guy in Justin Herbert. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. It looks like to me they had their guy, but obviously they were at the top of the draft. How many quarterbacks do we watch in the NFL now on a weekly basis that weren't a top pick? There are quite a few. And you know what? They're really, really good. So do I like the way the NFL is played today? I'm not crazy about it, but it's here to stay. And it's only going to become more and more of an offensive league because of the targeting, because you can't lead with your helmet. Uh, We can go on and on. You can't touch a receiver past five yards on the line of scrimmage. You can't hit a quarterback below the waist anymore. I mean, you you really, you you, you can't play defense the way they used to play defense. So why can't you have a running game? Again, I, I watch every team every week in the NFL, and it's pass, 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 pass. How often do you hear of a running back anymore going for over 100 yards? Seriously. Like, how many teams have running backs that run for over 100 yards. That was the benchmark, right? Back in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. That was it. Run for over 100 yards. Emmett Smith, right? Look at what he did. Barry Sanders. How did we measure those great running backs? 
we measured them by the century mark. Now you look at Christian McCaffrey, who does everything for Carolina. There are exceptions. He's He's a running back. But look at what he does catching. So is he a running back or is he really a receiver? You know what he is? He's a great all-around football player. So to me, if I am going to take a running back, that is an aspect of the game that I absolutely must have. If my running back is not good catching a ball out of the backfield, I'm not taking him high. And again, Christian McCaffrey is a great example of that. When he's on the field, the Carolina Panthers are a completely different team. When he is not on the field, they're just another team, and they're very easy to game plan for. Why do you think Sam Darnold is off to a good start? He's off to a good start because their offensive line is decent and he has Christian McCaffrey. Did he have that in New York with the Jets? Hell no. Again, we talk about Zach Wilson. I mean, it's only two games, but he doesn't have anything to work with. I wonder what would happen if you put Zach Wilson on the Carolina Panthers behind a good line and Christian McCaffrey. I doubt he would be getting booed off the field. He may not be 2-0. I mean, I can't say that for sure, but I doubt that he would be getting booed off the field. So let me know, do you like the way the NFL game is played today or not? Or does it really not matter because it's here to stay? Just like the NBA, do you ever see the NBA reverting back to more of a back-to-the-basket type of a game? Do you ever think that the three-point shot will not be as prolific as it is right now in the National Football League? I mean, or excuse me, as it is now in the the NBA, do you think the three-point shot is going to, you know, back up? When I mean back up, the the percentage rate's going to go down. The attempts per game are going to go down in the NBA. I don't think so. I don't see that happening. I've always gone by what Jerry Reynolds said, and I thought Jerry was spot on. The NBA game would be a lot better if you got rid of the corner three. It's too easy of a shot for the NBA. You have teams that kick out all the time. They give, they give up layups to throw the ball out to the corner, and they take a three-point shot. That's not the way the game is supposed to be played, all right? The game is not supposed to be played to give up wide-open layups, pass them up, and then kick it out into the corner for a three. That's not the way the game is supposed to be played. All right, so I want to follow up to something that I talked about last week as it related to the Black National Anthem. And I talked about Bill Maher and his comments on Real Time with Bill Maher on HBO. He was very critical after the opening night game between Dallas and Tampa when the Black National Anthem was sung and subsequently before every game. And so I wanted to follow up on the story because I read something that I thought was very, very interesting. And I thought it was very well said. It was Isaiah Thomas, the former great Detroit Piston. He was on uh, Jason Whitlock's podcast. And I want to read what Isaiah said because I think this says it very well. When you sing the national anthem, and then you sing the black national anthem, the only thing that it does, it's emphasizing our separateness. All right? I think that's great. I thought that was really well said. And so, he said our founding fathers, when they wrote the Constitution and everything else, they were talking about bringing us together Under one umbrella, under one constitution, where all men and women are created equal. The two-time NBA champ went on and said, when you sing those two different anthems, you're just emphasizing there are two different statutes in this country, black and white. You know, there's a lot of truth to that. 
And he said, if you want to have one national anthem, then let's come together collectively and decide what the national anthem is going to be for this country. Not just the white national anthem, because the white national anthem has classified as status. So the crux of what he was saying was what Bill Maher was saying, is that why do we have to have two national anthems? Isn't that dividing our country? Isn't it acknowledging how separate we are, as Isaiah Thomas said? I mean, it's exactly what he said. He said there are two different statuses. I said statues, I meant statuses. There are two different statuses in this country, black and white. Again, I'm going to read the sentence to you again. When you sing those two different anthems, you're just emphasizing there are two different statuses in this country, black and white. Is that really where we are in 2021? Is that really what we want as a country? Because I agree with Isaiah Thomas. I think he's spot on there. I totally agree. I, I, I love that line. When you sing those two different anthems, you're just emphasizing there are two different statuses in this country, black and white. And I, and I love what he said. If you want to have one national anthem, then let's come together collectively and decide what the national anthem is going to be for this country. Listen, I don't, I don't mind talking about these uh, situations, these, uh, these topics, because they're very important. I always go back to seeing things from other people's perspectives. And so if you're white in this country and you make a comment as it relates to people of color, the first thing they say to you is you don't know. You have white privilege. You've never walked in our shoes. So why why is that being held against somebody based on the way they are born? In other words, if I'm born white, why should that be held against me any more than if you're born black or Asian or Hispanic, whatever the case may be? That's, I've, I've, I've been trying to talk about this on this podcast for almost a year. I mean, is he not right when he talks about there are two different statuses in this country, black and white, if you're going to have two anthems? Are we not better than that? I mean, why are we not willing to move forward? Why can't we all just come together? Why is it that we have to have two national anthems? Why is it that we have to acknowledge, you know, just we have to spend so much time acknowledging what the color of someone is, what the religion of someone is, what their sexuality is? Who cares? Seriously. You know, we made a big deal in the NFL with Nassib of the Raiders coming out and saying he was gay. I did a podcast on this a couple of months ago. So what? Who cares? Why is that such a big story? Like, why, why do people make that such a big deal? Like, are we not past that in 2021? Do we have to, like, you know, he came out, made a, made a statement, and then that was it, but the national media can't, can't stop talking about it, and when they are playing on the first game of the year, ESPN's got to actually do a piece on it in the middle of the game, and ESPN has a written tease talking about it before the game. I mean, why are we, why, why are we there? Why are we not past that? And the same thing with the national anthems. Now in 2021, okay, we're going to have two national anthems because of the George Floyd murder in Minneapolis and the subsequent cry against police brutality. Are, are we Now we need two national anthems? Like, again, why do we need two national anthems? 
And again, I read the comments from Whoopi Goldberg last week on my podcast, and she gave her reason why we do need two national anthems. And I read everything that she had to say. I, I just go back to that one single line by Isaiah Thomas that really stuck out to me. When you sing those two different anthems, you're just emphasizing there are two different statuses in this country, black and white. Well, I know that there is reality, and I understand that reality is the most important thing in life. I mean, we can sit here and we can talk about how we want things to be. We can talk about where we hope things are going to be. But the reality is things are the way they are now. But how do you get to that point? How do you get to the future? How do you make things better if we're constantly caught up in the past and we just say, oh, well, gee, that's reality? Oh, well, we're going to have two anthems. Well, that's just reality. That's where we are as a country. How do you get past that, right? What, what, what's it going to take to have 70,000 citizens of the United States of America gather, stand as one, and feel united? Are we ever going to get there? Doesn't seem like we're anywhere close to getting there. So I wanted to just throw some of those quotes out by Isaiah Thomas because I want you to think about what he said. I want you to think about what B. Goldberg said, and I really want you to think about the other quotes from Bill Maher and other quote-unquote public figures that have a voice that have been speaking up on this topic. All right, it is now time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. All you have to do is go to crowdultra.com. That's crowdultra.com. Sign up, takes a minute, and maybe I'll answer your question right here. Matt asked, do you expect an MLB lockout in the near future? I, I do think that there is a good chance in the spring of a lockout. When was the last time that Major League Baseball did anything that you said, wow, that was a really smart, really good idea? Maybe the field of dreams? But I'm talking about when it comes to labor peace. From what I'm hearing, there is a real good chance that that will occur. And baseball will be once again cutting their wrist. They will be cutting their wrist. Because baseball is still a sport that is going south instead of north. And this will not be good for it in any way, shape, or form. Brad said, you said NCAA offenses are more similar to NFL offenses nowadays. Is that something you like? You know, I like it for this reason. It accelerates the learning curve for the quarterback position in the National Football League. And because of that, I think a bad team that drafts a quarterback high can become a good team faster than ever before because the learning curve is smaller for those quarterbacks. So I do like it. I do like it. I'm a big lover of the running game, Brad. I love running football, but I hate seeing quarterbacks struggle for so long the way they used to. I mean, when you think about Hall of Fame quarterbacks now today, use Peyton Manning, for example, all right, or you can go and and, and list any other that have gone into the Hall of Fame the last five years, all right, just do the last five years. They all were terrible as rookies, terrible. Now, first of all, they went to bad teams, but you could tell they they just they were they were awful. 
Now when a rookie quarterback comes into the NFL, very rarely do you say, oh, gee, that guy's awful, right? You don't say they're awful. I mean, a a guy like Mac Jones, for instance. Mac Jones is uh, already looking very good in two games. That never happened 25 years ago. Dan Marino, 30 years ago, 30. Dan Marino was a, a aberration. That just didn't happen. Your rookie quarterback struggled all the time. Dan Marino's were very few and far between when they were that good in their first season. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was probably the last guy in that era that had success, but he was on a tailor-made team to have his success. So it's a very good question, Brad. Tyler wants to know, have you seen MLB bats will now be made in China instead of the U.S.? I did not know that. Pat asked, how would you prepare for commentating on a Kings game? Good question, Pat. It would depend on who the team was and the familiarity with that team. First thing I would do is I would read the last four or five days of articles from the local paper which were provided to us to get a real good feel for the other team. And then before the game, I would normally speak to the other team's announcers because we as announcers would say things to each other that we would never say publicly. In other words, we have a trust. We understand that it's confidential information, but we also understand that it really helps in announcing a game, gives us a little insight. We might talk about trends. We may talk about a player that uh, is in a big-time funk and their attitude has not been very good because of it. Uh, We may discuss a player that has had flare-ups with the coach that may not be uh, in the papers or among the media as much. So those are some of the things I do. I personally feel that there are way too many stats in sports. I think that stats are so misused when you watch sports. Like to me, if the stat that you're referring to is not relevant to what's going on in the game, why put it up there just because it's a stat? I just, I I am not a stats guy. I think that when you watch a game, we are absolutely, just there's too many. We're inundated with stats and numbers. And I think it sometimes affects the game. So I've never been a big stats guy, numbers guy, unless it really is relevant to what's going on in the game at that point in time. Does that make sense? Very good question, Pat. But again, if I'm, let's say we're playing the Orlando Magic, and I don't watch Orlando play that much, and I, I will do a lot more, spend more time getting to know that team as opposed to playing the Warriors, all right? Because if you play the Warriors, number one, I know everything about the team. I watch them play a lot. And so there's really not nearly as much work that goes into a broadcast like that. Zach wants to know, I think the Chiefs coach who pushed the Browns player should have been fined or suspended. I do. I absolutely do. Ben wants to know, would Marcus Gasol be a good pickup for the Warriors? I do not think he would. Uh, I don't see his style going up and down with the way the Warriors go up and down the court. So, no, I do not. Corey asks, will... Alex Ovechkin passed Wayne Gretzky's goals record. That's a great question. I'm going to say no for this reason. I think I read the other day he needs to average 32 or 33 goals a year for five years. He's 36 now. All right. His goal production is going to drop off. I do not see it. I mean, he's had a phenomenal career. 
My buddy George McPhee, by the way, drafted him. Matter of fact, I'll have George on the podcast once. It would be fascinating to hear his trip to Russia and meeting Alex Govechkin and his family when Alex came into the uh, NHL. But no, I do not think he will. I don't see I don't see OV being able to keep going at that pace. Uh, Mike wants to know, are there any college football teams you are rooting for? Because of my friendships with some people from Tuscaloosa, I've started to root for Alabama, but I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say I'm a big Alabama fan, all right? I'm just telling you, I, I watch them play now. I root for them. I'm going to the uh, Ole Miss game next Saturday, but I don't want to paint a improper picture here and say I've always been this big Alabama fan. I've never really had a favorite college team. I, I just haven't because I grew up in a area where pro sports was king, So, I, but it's Alabama. Tyler asked, would you say the Giants and the Dodgers are the World Series frontrunners? I would, yes. I mean, they've had the two best seasons, the White Sox as well. But I'd say yes. I'd, I'd have to go along with that. Casey asked, do you see Mookie Betts get the Reds player's first home run ball from a fan? And then he gave the fan a bat. Listen, I've said this before. Mookie Betts gets it. Mookie Betts gets it. He's a tremendous player. And he gets it with the fans. Always has. So I'm not surprised about Mookie Betts doing that. I'm not surprised at all. Willie asks, has the NFL gone overboard with taunting penalties? Yeah, I think they are starting to go overboard. What I saw on Sunday was getting a little out of hand. Lou wants to know, are the Chiefs overrated? Lou, stay tuned for my rant coming up in just a moment. Bryce wants to know, do you expect any rookie quarterback to make the playoffs? I could see Mac Jones being in the playoffs. I really could. The Bears won't be in the playoffs. The Jaguars won't be in the playoffs. The Jets won't be in the playoffs. I can't include Trey Lance in there because he's not playing as the quarterback. So, to me, yeah, I could see New England making the playoffs. Absolutely. Ryan wants to know, is it a good idea for the Clippers to build a new arena for themselves? Yes, it is for a couple of reasons. All right? Number one, they have an owner that can build it all by himself in Steve Ballmer. Okay? Number two, it's just like when you walk in, the the Clippers know that that arena, even though they change everything, the banners and everything else, was built for the Lakers. They're always going to be second fiddle there. And not only second fiddle, they get the third choice of dates behind the Lakers, the L.A. Kings hockey team, and it's not good for them. Their scheduling is not good for the Clippers. So, yeah, you know what? I think it is good that they're getting their own arena. Good for them. It's time for Rant. Today's Rant is brought to you by the Home Theater Company for audio, video, and home theater needs. Just go online, hometheatercompany.com. Back to the question about do I think the Chiefs are overrated? How many times do we have to go through this year in, year out? Can we please watch at least three or four games before we start making concrete observations on NFL teams? I mean, look at Buffalo in week one to week two. Look at New Orleans week one to week two. Look at Green Bay last night. Okay, they didn't look great, but at the end of the day, they they won by 20 points for crying out loud or 35 to 17. 
You know, last week the Packers were terrible. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to play anymore. He didn't look happy. I mean, can we freaking just calm down and watch a couple of games before we make these absurd comments in the NFL teams? Here's what we do know and we don't know right now, okay? And I mean this. You already know who the good teams are regardless of what happened in week one, meaning that you know that certain teams are going to be good. Doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. You know the Chiefs are going to be good. You know the Bills are going to be good, right? I mean, you, you know that the Rams are going to be good because of their defense. And I'm leaving a couple teams out. But the point is, you know, wait three or four weeks before we start talking about the middle of the road teams that, that you, oh, well, they're no good because they got blown out week one. Really? Are we really having that conversation after one week where a lot of the players don't play in the preseason and the OTAs and everything else are completely reduced now? Stop it with this overreaction nonsense. Can we at least get into October before we start talking about NFL teams and how they play after one week and they're great or they're not great or this quarterback's going to be dynamite and this quarterback stinks? Can we please stop it with that nonsense? And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. Hey, coming up Friday, uh, my guest will be David Halberstam. He had a very, very, very interesting interview with Tom Brenneman, who was fired by the Reds and Fox. So that's going to be coming up on Friday. Be sure and stay tuned for that. Have yourself a great day. And as always... Thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.